Hi, David. This week, the price of oil fell to negative territory. What happened and what's your take on this? Hi, Alex. Yeah, I mean, this crisis does keep on bringing sort of extraordinary moments in markets. And we had, for the first time, negative oil prices. I I do think it's important to put that in a context that it was the price of U.S. West Texas intermediate oil for short dated delivery. So that was for delivery next month that, you know, collapsed from around about $10 per barrel to at one point minus $40 per barrel. Uh, Just let that sink in, minus $40 per barrel. It, you know, that price did subsequently bounce back into positive territory. And and the actual volume of oil that traded at that level was, in fact, very small. One of the key drivers was selling by oil exchange traded funds that hold short-term futures contracts but don't take physical delivery of oil. And they just simply couldn't find any buyers because the oil storage hub in Cushing, the world's biggest, is almost full. That said, I I don't think the volatility in negative oil prices should be dismissed as solely due to market technicals, though I think it does raise some questions over retail investor participation in exchange-traded funds. And and there's sometimes destabilizing you know feedback loops that they can create in in markets I, I do think the oil market is saying pretty loudly that it does not expect a quick and strong recovery in oil demand and hence the global economy and I think this underscores a key tension in global financial markets at the moment between deteriorating economic fundamentals and central bank liquidity. Right now, we are in the midst of the deepest recession in modern history with a pretty uncertain path to recovery. But the unprecedented scale of central bank liquidity support is underpinning financial assets. And I think the question mark is to what extent and how effective that will be ultimately in supporting a rebound in the real economy. Last week, we briefly discussed the economic outlook, and you've just issued a note on the path from recession to recovery. So what were the key takeaways? Uh, Well, thanks very much for the plug, Alex. So the the note tries to set out the framework for thinking about the severity of the current global recession and the possible path to recovery, precisely because we don't have historical precedents to guide us The outlook is very uncertain because it also depends on the evolution of the coronavirus and the efforts to combat it. And as we've previously discussed, against that backdrop, we also have unprecedented scale and speed of the global fiscal and monetary policy response. In terms of the severity of the recession, every month of stringent lockdown probably means the economy is producing 35% less than normal. So, for example, if you have six weeks of lockdown, that will knock off around about four percentage points from annual growth. That would actually be bigger than the annual GDP decline during the global financial crisis. The longer the lockdowns and slower the reopening of the economy, the greater the risk that a liquidity problem for businesses becomes a solvency problem. Getting the exit strategy from lockdown right, so allowing the economy to reopen while ensuring that testing and other measures are in place to contain the infection rate of the virus, 
is also going to be vital. The experience of China after the end of its lockdown suggests that actually you do get quite a strong rebound in manufacturing, but consumers still remain very cautious despite some build-up in pent-up demand. So our, our current assessment is that there will be an initial bounce in the economy in the third quarter as lockdowns are relaxed, but thereafter the recovery will flatten. So it'd be a sort of you know, tick-shaped uh, recovery. And I do think that the path of the recovery will also depend on policy action. One lesson from the global financial crisis was that governments adopted fiscal austerity too early and too aggressively. So hopefully that lesson has been learned. But I do think all predictions of the future should be taken with a uh, barrel rather than a pinch of salt in the current environment. After all, we're only actually six weeks into the crisis and the start of recession in major developed economies. And I do think it's interesting, the rally in equity markets suggests that some investors at least are beginning to anticipate a relatively strong rebound in corporate earnings and the economy. But as we've discussed, the oil market isn't saying that. I think the bond markets uh, are not saying that either. I think they're much more pessimistic about the recovery path. And, and credit, I think, sits somewhere between the two. Credit spreads do imply a meaningful pickup in defaults, a meaningful pickup in credit rating downgrades, consistent with a, a fairly gradual economic recovery, but it's not anticipating, I think, a very prolonged recession either. In Europe, President Macron said that the EU is facing its moment of truth and that the union could unravel without more fiscal solidarity. How do you see this evolving? Well, President Macron's recent comments were a very powerful warning of the risks to the EU and Euro from this crisis if there is better fiscal solidarity. Policy response across Europe to the crisis has been very substantial. Um, there is extensive government support being provided through unemployment insurance, through loans and guarantees, increased government spending. But it's been very much a response by national governments and member states. The only real substantive pan-European response to the crisis has actually come from the European Central Bank with its massive bond purchase program. The concern for Southern Europe is that without greater fiscal solidarity and sharing of the economic costs of the crisis, longer-term debt burdens will become unsustainable. In contrast, in Northern Europe, led by Germany, there's still concerns around war hazard and opposition to debt mutualisation. So their preference is to use the European stability mechanism, which is effectively the Eurozone's own you know, IMF, but that is politically toxic in many countries, notably Italy. But again, as President Macron warned, without greater fiscal solidarity, so that means financial transfers, sharing the economic and debt burden of the crisis that's affecting the whole of the continent, you know, there is a risk that there will be a populist backlash against the European project. There is a meeting of EU leaders today, um, so I won't say too much about what to expect, other than expectations are very low. Uh, I suspect that divisions will be papered over and that there will be a compromise around an EU budget-funded recovery fund. And I, and I think we ultimately will see more fiscal solidarity, but I think it's going to be a process that 
is piecemeal, it's messy and complex, but I'm reasonably hopeful that it can come about without a second act of the Eurozone sovereign debt crisis. And, and if peripheral spreads do widen you know, dramatically from current levels, then I think contrary to ECB President Lagarde's sort of infamous comment that the ECB is not there to close the spread, the ECB will in fact have little choice but to act to prevent a, a tightening in financial conditions across the region as a whole. Thanks, David. Look forward to speaking to you again next week. Thank you. This podcast is issued in the United Kingdom by Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, which is authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, registered with the US Securities and Exchange Commission and the US Commodity Futures Trading Commission, and is a member of the National Futures Association. This podcast may also be issued in the United States by Blue Bay Asset Management LLC, which is registered with the SEC and the NFA. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Unless otherwise stated, all data has been sourced by Blue Bay. To the best of Blue Bay's knowledge and belief, this podcast is true and accurate at the date hereof. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. This podcast is intended for professional clients and eligible counterparties, as defined by the FCA only, and should not be relied upon by any other category of customer. Except where agreed explicitly in writing, Blue Bay does not provide investment or other advice, and nothing in this podcast constitutes any advice nor should be interpreted as such. No Blue Bay fund will be offered except pursuant and subject to the offering memorandum and subscription materials. The offering materials. If there is an inconsistency between this podcast and the offering materials for the Blue Bay Fund, the provisions in the offering materials shall prevail. You should read the offering materials carefully before investing in any Blue Bay Fund. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction and is for information purposes only. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay Asset Management, LLP. Copyright 2020, Blue Bay. The investment manager, advisor and global distributor of the Blue Bay Funds is a wholly owned subsidiary of Royal Bank of Canada and the Blue Bay Funds may be considered to be related and or connected issuers to Royal Bank of Canada and its other affiliates. Registered trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. RBC Global Asset Management is a trademark of Royal Bank of Canada. Blue Bay Asset Management LLP, registered office, 77 Grosvenor Street, London, W1K 3JR, partnership registered in England and Wales, number OC370085. The term partner refers to a member of the LLP or a Blue Bay employee with equivalent standing. Details of membership of the Blue Bay Group and further important terms which this message is subject to can be obtained at www.bluebay.com. All rights reserved.